0: I'm going to go home, see Dr. Finkelstein, and I'm going to tell him, we got a whole new bag of issues we can forget about mom for a while. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Welcome to the Manson Mitchell Show. My name is Suzanne Mitchell, and Gary Manson is feeling a little under the weather today. So he told me, let's take the training wheels off this bicycle and you just ride by yourself. Luckily, I have with me bad boy Benny Bathers at the board. Hey, what's up, Suzanne? You haven't needed training wheels for a very long time, so you're being uh, very humble. I understand, but you're going to be just fine. Well, that's what Gary said. This is our 17th year on yeah. <laughs> air. We started in March of 2007. So uh, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done very much on my own and neither is Gary. we we. Kind of like doing this show together. Yeah, like a little tag team but, type uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but that means I'm going to get to take a day off and then he'll do it by himself. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> okay. All right. You stock it up. <laughs> All right. So we'll just do it that way. And I have such a wonderful guest today, Benny, um, somebody that Gary and I have known for many years. Mm-hmm. And unlike some of our guests who we have never met in person, this person, We have met in person, and it's somebody who we enjoy very much. Let me give you, as Gary would say, his mad props, and we will bring him on with questions. Adrian Finkelstein, MD, is a graduate of the prestigious Menninger School of Psychiatry, board-certified psychiatrist, Former psychiatry professor at Chicago Medical School, University of Health Sciences, Rush University, and School of Medicine, and UCLA. Former chief of outpatient department of psychiatry at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Chicago, and winner of two national distinguished awards from two national medical institutions, Central Neuropsychiatric Association, and the Menninger School of Psychiatry for his outstanding and groundbreaking research on mind over matter. He is a spiritual healer, teacher, author, researcher, speaker, and world-class expert in past life regression therapy. He has appeared on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and has been featured on the front page of the Los Angeles Times, Chicago Tribune, New York Daily News, Boston Globes, Sunday Telegraph, and many other publications. This only scratches the surface, but I could take up the whole hour giving his credentials. Dr. Finkelstein, Adrian, so happy to have you with us today. Well, uh, I'm happy to to talk with you, uh, Suzanne. I uh
1: I wish uh, Gary speedy recovery and uh, as they say uh for each disease God's created an ease.
0: Oh good. Very good. There's a number of things that we put together that we wanted to talk to you about today and I'm going to get to those questions. But I I felt like a- after we made this date with you the war broke out in uh, Israel, Israel with Hamas. And I just wanted to ask you if there is anything at the start of our show that you would like to say about that.
1: Well, this reminds me that uh, during the Six-Day War that was in 1967, <clears throat> I was mobilized as a doctor to take care of the wounded on the um the jerusalem front and um i remember that uh, i took care of both the israelis and jordanians that were wounded and we brought them to hadassah medical school the main hospital that uh, uh, was affiliated uh, uh, to the university uh, hebrew university so uh, I saw with my very eyes, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the carnage that is happening and happened, and that probably will be with us for a while,
0: uh, that war
1: means I never liked war. Um, I met a, a friend of mine, a retired CIA and, uh, he congratulated me for my service, said, well, you are, you are exposing yourself to a lot of bullets. And I said, well, uh, I didn't think about that at all. And I was lucky. But there are a lot of unlucky people these days, and it's very saddening when you hear such um, atrocities happening, uh, kids, babies being killed. I was uh, pointing out that some of the Angkor people uh, try to put everything in balance, and they present, for instance, uh, there are 1,300 dead on one side and 1,300 on the other. And I was thinking to myself, uh, there is no moral equivalence here to compare uh, 1,300, but mostly uh, butchered, uh, murdered, uh, slaughtered, versus, uh, you know, uh, 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 murderers that were killed, 1,300 murderers of these innocent people. But that's the way they calculate, it's like uh, putting weights on a balance uh, and a scale. And uh, I don't think that they do it maliciously, it's probably, they don't think about that, but uh, I, I couldn't help myself to notice that. So uh, I uh, think uh, there's always uh, an extreme of the people that uh, are more programmed uh, into uh, this kind of uh, faulty behaviors from early age, taught to hate, to kill, and um, it gets into their blood and um and this is what happens with hamas that uh they were educated this way from an early age that uh, you see a jew you kill him and their um their constitution is to uh to eliminate uh you know all jews uh, and all this uh hatred uh, is uh is very blind Uh, And it's not just, I'm talking about hatred in general in the world, because now we're focused on this situation with uh, Israel, but, you know, it happens in so many parts of the world, and uh, and it's not just the Israeli family uh, that we're talking about, but uh, we are, all of us, all over the globe, a human family. And we feel the same. We have the same blood in our veins. Uh, And it's so uh, regrettable that people uh, get into superstition. Uh, superstition. That was the subject you and Gary wanted to talk with me about initially. And superstitions uh, are basically a a disguise word for uh, a fake uh, programming uh, brainwashing uh, about the negative things. And, um, and this is what happens. Uh, it happened many times in the history of humankind and uh, now it seems it got to a peak again. And uh, well, when this, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, atrocities are uh, recur recurring and uh, hatred without a cause, I saw the movie, A Rebel Without a Cause, or It's Hatred Without a Cause, because you find causes if you want to, and, uh, and uh, whether it is Jews or all the world, and it seems like some extreme populations, like Hamas and Hezbollah and other terrorist groups, uh, they are at the extreme of the society, and uh, they are uh, brainwashed quite a bit, and... Uh, they would uh, kill and kill themselves. They don't care about life, even their own or their own people. So uh, it's very hard to deal with that. As, the, as we are educated, uh, the Christian, I mean the <clears throat> Judeo-Christian, uh, you know, philosophy, that you have to be good. You have to good to do good to your fellow man.
0: So uh, not not just Christian, uh, Dr. Finkelstein, but all religions have have that as a a premise. Interesting. You you kind of got to my first question already when I was uh, wanting to know what your thought was about the irrationality of superstitions, because you are a highly, highly distinguished psychiatrist and you have been doing this for a number of years and superstitions are very irrational in their thinking and and so we thought what a great topic for friday the 13th when there are people who get um kind of weirded out about that and you're saying it has to do with programming and brainwashing early you know the the war in israel took the place of what we were hearing about the war in Ukraine. So when you're saying that, you know, all we did was change the war we're talking about, but it's all over the globe, you're right. And I said to Gary, not only did we move from one war to another war, but there are so many more conflicts going on throughout the world that don't even get addressed except when they go extreme. And I guess I, I, I just want to um, say that all of those people are, are in our thoughts. And if, if there is any way that you can see for people to think differently at, from a psychiatric point of view, if you could wave the magic wand over the globe, what would you tell people to do to move away from that kind of brainwashing and programming? well,
1: to answer your question um you know that I believe in reincarnation and uh, I studied all my life reincarnation and I wrote uh, one of my books about uh, myself uh But usually I had other people that I regressed, but it just uh, happened. I didn't uh, intend to have my own past life regression put in a book, but it happened that I was made aware by somebody else that I was a certain person from the past. And my name was Paul Byrne. I was uh, one of the three uh, moguls of uh, MGM. And... uh, And I used to say, as Paul Byrne, this was the were the quotes of Paul Byrne, that uh, the world is a human sanatorium. And then, then he said, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you. Well, I'm seeing you and others. I'm back. And I maintain the same idea that the world is a human sanatorium because of malprogramming, of brainwashing, of superstitions, of fake beliefs and that uh, are very detrimental to humankind. And um, at the same time, I see the possibilities, the potential of the human intelligence because it's derived from the divine intelligence. And uh, if we come back to... To God and its lofty ideals, its lofty laws and ways. As people, we can transform, transform this human sanatorium into a, a human paradise. How we do that? There are different systems of the programming, but The main thing is education. There must be centers of education and I would put in the curriculum, teaching love. And I would assign there to teach the students teachers of love. I think it sounds out of this world, which is right now, because... People are killing each other. How do you get them to the point of loving each other? Yeah. It's a long way, but in my experience, I would see a patient for years and not significant change would occur of improvement in rare cases. And then I would see Also in rare cases, somebody that comes to me one time and I say a few sentences, answering a few questions, or questioning the patient a few questions, and it was a miracle. (laughs) They got well. They didn't need my service, and they stayed well. There are many explanations to that. Oh, it was just a coincidence or something. I don't believe yeah. that it was that. But to come back to your question, the situation in the world is that people should come back to God. And one of my books is a psychiatrist looks for, for God and uh, back. To God, I uh, hope that some people come back to, to having a platform of stability in life. Because everything is possible now, and when we say speech is possible, everything is, uh, is free uh, for everyone, the, the good person and the evil and that's the way it is however when we talk about freedom that started with the avatar of freedom moses that freed the human soul from bandage the jews from egypt that's a symbol symbol of freeing the soul from the bondage of the animal of the subconscious of all the statues animals there but anyway We are made in God's image and likeness. So (laughs) that means that we have to dominate to take dominion over the animal. And in order to do that, we need to return to our roots, to our good things of the past, not to destroy it, to build on it. New, interesting, exciting discoveries, but not to throw away what's all to break the statues to destroy everything. It's very savage and
0: brings to
1: demise.
0: So what you um, what you must have discovered in your years of psychiatry, Doctor Finkelstein, is this idea. Of being both human and divine at the same time, where you have one foot on the on the human earth with the human emotions and the human wants and needs and and one foot in the ideal world, the spiritual world. And I, I think it's that that spirituality is that part of us, that is is not in focus right now and you know when we we talk about you know religions versus spirituality but it's the idea of everybody's personal spirituality it getting in balance with your human side because in your human side you you want to have relationships you want to have the things of this earth You shelter and food and friends and and the reason what we're here to experience but i think what we've lost a little bit over time is that that connection with that divine intelligence and and as a psychiatrist when you're talking about some people you could be with for years and they weren't making progress and other people seem to make progress so quickly do you think that spirituality plays a role in that healing. Precisely. I think that uh, um, I had the
1: uh, honor to meet people, very spiritual people, during my travels in the world and um, during my travels in the mind. Uh, I discovered uh, to... And my humble recognition of how little I know that there are other methods to approach the human and to help healing
0: take place. And um, Like what? What, for example, uh, when like you say other example, methods?
1: Uh, I'll give you an example.
0: Okay. Um, you know,
1: Charlie Chaplin... Died at age 88. And, um, you know, he died at 88, but he had some uh, uh, advice for people how to live a healthy and happy life. And um, he was talking about the different gods to believe in like a rest and uh, fresh air and uh, exercise and good good diet.
0: And, um,
1: you know, uh, uh, but uh, I just wanted to add, he mentioned six doctors, and I mentioned the seventh one, A seventh one, God that created everything, In capital letters, G-O-D, Greatest of Doctors. And we have to return to that, too, above all other doctors. Uh, How we do that?
0: Um,
1: Just simple prayer. Because you don't need something sophisticated, uh, uh, digital, or uh, uh, very uh, uh, great instrument uh, created by technology, it's enough to have one password for God. And guess, what is that password? Yes, the password. It's you. You are recognized by God. You don't have to go through all sort of gadgets. God is the greatest. God knows you, knows your password, knows your fingerprint out of eight million in response. You have to have faith, you know, and believe is not uh, uh, trust without, uh, without truth, but trust without reservation. And when you come to that point, you have to bring yourself to that point that it must be something better in this world uh, in addition to this sanatorium, to this suffering and pain and poverty. And and uh, I'm talking not just about the Jews now or the Israelis. I'm talking, as you said, about the human condition all over the globe. As a psychiatrist. You know, that, that- I see Doctor. sanity and insanity as a psychiatrist, I see sanity and insanity and i I define them as a matter of fact uh, uh, I think that uh, it's possible to uh, to define uh, you know th- there are two things in life that Principles or beliefs that make the difference between sanity and insanity. Okay. People become, what are they? Well, the first one would be uh, to believe in falsehood that was programmed to you. Okay. By authority figures, starting with close relatives, parents sometimes with uh, friends. And the second is to disbelieve the truth. Like reincarnation, is real. And it's the basis of what God created for us because it knows that we cannot learn in one lifetime everything. And in order to get rid of all the... Um, Impurities, mistakes, it gives us other opportunities to to learn and to uh, to come back to refresh ourselves. Like it was Rosh Hashanah recently, which is the new year, five thousand seven hundred and eighty-four. And what is the significance of it? Renewal. We want to purify ourselves, to renew ourselves, to come to the condition we were in the beginning when we were created by the Almighty. That's why in the Hebrew language, which is very close to that in explaining it clearly, you see a person that's sick, you say, be well, and when you say be well, in Hebrew means be the way you were when you were created, perfect. Ah. That's the meaning, the translation. tie bari, in Hebrew. Be well. We want to come back to being perfect like we were in the beginning because God created everything perfect. First of all, it takes one important ingredient to create all there is, and that is love. And we have to emulate the love of God. Also, God created everything, and it cannot be anything but, but love, the reason, the cause or his creation, because everything is perfect, is created, including the human. But we forget about these things. We come in this world, and we deal with the Adama. What is Adama in Hebrew? Uh, (laughs) It's Earth, ground, the planet, Earth, physicality. We deal with that, and we forget about anything. We get all what we need out of the earth. We come from the earth, we go into the earth, dust to dust. And then <laughs> we, um, <clears throat> uh, we repeat the process, but we don't advance too fast because we are still carrying with us from incarnation to incarnation the faulty programming by authority figures that makes us hate too much, makes us too selfish, makes us revengeful, jealous. For instance, Jewish. Jewish, I was talking with rabbis Jewish is not just a nationality, but the basis of it, if you go and dig deeper for the meaning in the Bible, you find out the translation, a transliteration of the word Jew is Yehudi, we say in Hebrew, means the person that has a union with God. So basically, any person that has a
0: union with God is Jewish. Oh, well, that, that would be about everybody. We, we need to go ahead and take our bottom of the hour break. We are talking with Dr. Adrian Finkelstein, and I want to pick up this conversation on the other side about reincarnation, because I have more questions about that. And we, uh, we'll just take a short break, take a breath, come back. More with Dr. Finkelstein. And thank you for listening to Manson Mitchell on Alternative Talk AM 1150.
1: Hi everybody, this is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures, detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family, and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please, get a copy of American Road
0: and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Dr. Adrian Finkelstein, who has something to say about superstitions like Friday the 13th, and even more to say about the importance of doing our inner work. On Saturday, Karen Dahlman joins us for an hour of metaphysical Q&A. One question is, how do you find a dependable source of guidance in your life? Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Dr. Adrian Finkelstein. Dr. Finkelstein, if people would like to find out more about your work with reincarnation or they would like to connect with you, uh, what is your website, social media information, anything that you would like to share with our listeners uh, to find out more about what it is that you do?
1: Well, <clears throat> I have uh, the website adrianfinkelstein.com, and I have uh, an older one, um, pastlives.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, and uh, it's uh, facebook.com slash... Adrian Finkelstein, one, one, uh, uh, not literal, but a uh, figure. Right, you're the, you're the first.
0: <laughs> yeah, Adrian Finkelstein no, one, on my Facebook. My technician
1: did it. I didn't do my. I didn't do it myself. My my technician, uh, you know, made me blush.
0: Okay. All right. You <laughs> talked about your book, A Psychiatrist's Search for Meaning, or was it A Psychiatrist's Search for God? What What was the name of that book you mentioned earlier? For God. Yeah. A right.
1: Psychiatrist's
0: Search for God
1: was my second book.
0: I read and that. Book. Excellent yeah. book. Thank you.
1: And there's obviously the first book, uh, Your Past Lives and the Healing Process. A Psychiatrist Looks at Reincarnation and Spiritual Healing. And um, I wrote uh, uh, books on celebrities that uh, reincarnated uh, because they have the right to reincarnate like anyone else. Sure. And uh, one of them is uh, Melody Morrow Returns, The Healing of a Soul. And uh, the other book is um, uh, Jim Harlow Returns to clear her husband's name.
0: Um, So uh, by love return. Excellent. Excellent. Good books. I've read several, not every book, but I've read several. I wanted to ask you, um, can you remember anything specific in your professional life when reincarnation was maybe more than just a notion that you had been rolling around in your own head, but maybe something that was very convincing for you. Um, well, there were a lot
1: of uh, situations like uh, déjà vu, déjà attendu, like uh, like i fo- i i heard that before or i was there um locations that i could recognize especially when i went to israel from my past lives there and to europe when i was there especially in france
0: um at at some point uh, though you had to say this has got to be true when you were having deja vu and saying oh i know that place or i've been here before when you're having those kinds of experiences there there had to be a point where the build-up was so great it was like the last straw and you said i'm convinced uh yeah sure um and
1: uh, there was a, a past life that I remember vividly. When
0: uh,
1: uh, I was in a twilight uh, as a young man, and uh, I was uh, between sleep and wakefulness, just waking up in the morning, and uh, but not completely. And all of a sudden, I saw, you know, uh, a dome of light. Uh, orange light and uh, I and I saw myself as a healer taking care of the sick and uh, being very caring and uh, I really felt I want to help these people because in life you have to feel uh, two things to be happy to feel that you're doing that the the best you can, that, that what you like the best. And the second is that you are the person that you are and not somebody fake that you're supposed to be. And uh, I saw myself in two of these definitions pretty clearly that this is me, I'm caring. And I think a lot of people would be happy if they do, what they want to do the most, that they love the most in God's master plan. And they don't try to be somebody else, be themselves, accept themselves with their calls and gifts and everything. And- uh, You, go ahead. So, but that's that's the memory. So I researched that, and I was through past life regression under hypnosis. And yeah, I, I was uh, that person, a doctor in Iran, by the way, <laughs> of all places. And wow. I was a female. I was a female at the time. And my name was Telma Sanjavi. So... Uh, <laughs> I was in my 60s. I was very plump, not very good looking. I don't know. (laughs) But I had a, I think I had a very good heart for my patients. That's, uh, and I I think I helped them. Um,
0: So that's a, that's a very vivid memory. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, when you talk about healing in other times and other countries, Gary and I have had this conversation numerous times on air where we feel like certain people, um, creatives, musicians and painters and such, have had multiple lives doing that very thing so that when they come into this life, it's familiar. And it's almost like a continuation. And so, you know, we've talked about it with various musicians, but now we're talking about it today with you as a healing person. If if you were healing hundreds or maybe even thousands of years ago, and then in this particular lifetime, you're a psychiatrist and a a medical doctor trying to uh, heal people, facilitate their healing, Do you think that happens with a lot of people where they are doing similar types of work or similar interests from lifetime to lifetime? Well, I
1: I would say yes, proportionally so. Still, uh, according to my experience that I can speak about, uh, I regressed myself into 26 past lives yeah, uh, this is the 27th now. And and um, out of them in eight, I was a doctor or a healer. So eight out of
0: 26. I have a question I don't think I've ever asked you. When you do a past life regression on yourself, do you do it as a self hypnosis, or do you work with somebody who does past life regression the way you do?
1: Um, I would say uh, probably both, and uh, uh, I, I do it myself, but I, I did it also with uh, a professional.
0: Yeah, and so that's how you discovered twenty six other lives, right? Yeah, but But using using both methods. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, it it was clear, and I tell you, there is another gimmick here. (laughs) Um, You know, people when they are in heaven they gather together according to their maturity level. Like you have classes in school, first grade, second grade, and so forth and so on, seventh seventh grade. Well, you put people there in classes according to their level of instruction and uh, of maturity and uh, that's the way it works. You know, but the problem is that there in the astral plane or heaven, whatever you call it, you are with people that are about your age of the soul and maturity. So you see eye to eye. You see eye to eye. But when you come and reincarnate on earth, and that's our trial and our lesson, which is hard and painful. As you can see now in the Middle East, then uh, <laughs> you are exposed to with different levels of maturity. Like uh, these people that are very, very bad, like monsters that can be programmed like that uh, to to kill. They usually are very immature souls. Ah. They don't see eye to eye with the civilized soul that uh, went through many incarnations. In order to achieve that, it's like uh, (laughs) passing from grade to grade in school, like from incarnation to incarnation. But if people didn't reincarnate as many times, they are as intelligent as the others. They have qualities, physical qualities as the others. But in terms of the emotional maturity, they need more time in order to learn. And uh, no pain, no gain in this case, but uh, that's the way it goes. And uh, so you you know, (laughs) the more you come here, the more capacity to love you achieve because an older soul, a more mature soul, Gains also more capacity to love. So, like Jesus Christ. So, what happened is, uh, the younger, the more needy and the, and the taker that person becomes. And they would try to cheat to get things, because it's not capable yet. A lot of cheating, a lot of lying. <laughs> all, all the Ten Commandments will be violated. But, uh, you know, the the older the soul, the better. A lot of uh, couples, like husband and wife, they may love each other, and if they really love each other, the difference in their soul age level uh, is not as important. But if they don't, then it's a very big uh, factor for divorce. They don't see eye to eye. Take, for instance, in psychology, a three-year-old uh, child playing with uh, a four-year-old child. Well, the four-year-old child is going to want to be the boss and uh, <laughs> gives orders to the little one. The little one doesn't like it and screams. And, uh, and the big one puts the foot down. So nobody's happy here, Right. Right. Well, this is what's happening in this human sanatorium, which you don't find in heaven, because everyone is at the same level
0: of instruction. Well, that is so, a very interesting take on the life between lives, because what you're saying is when you are between lives, your soul is... is Hanging out with people who are at your soul level your your either your frequency or your vibration is similar and and right. so those are the people that you're interacting with it, on the spiritual plane yes okay
1: so so but but you know I think that uh, uh, people should uh, focus more on education open schools that would uh, combine the physical with the spiritual, uh, being down to earth. As I say, you have to learn to work hard, love hard, but uh, (laughs) go slow in order to live.
0: Yeah. One of the things I was mentioning to you on on the break, I think I will bring up, I, I have known you as your, your origins as a, a Romanian Jew. You have been in Israel. You have tra- traveled the world. And you don't only talk about your own Hebrew religion. You also talk about Christianity. How is it that you have studied all these other religions Well, in one of my uh, lifetimes, I was the doctor,
1: uh, Joseph Ptolemy, and the first doctor to Constantine the Great, the one that brought Christianity to the world in the 3rd century did the Council of Nicaea in Greece. And I think that uh, was an important factor that uh, taught me about Christianity I was a Jew, a neo-Hellenistic Jew, uh, that studied in Alexandria, which was like Harvard here. <laughs> and uh, and I was called uh, Joseph Ptolemy because I took the name of uh, uh, Cleopatra's family, Ptolemy. And uh, Jewish people t- try to hide themselves even then because of fear of anti-Semitism. So I took a name that... <laughs> Was of uh, uh, a, very, a royal family, so anyway, at that time
0: uh, I
1: I was the doctor of uh, Constantine the Great, his mother Helena, and uh, his daughter Constantia, and uh, I remember, and this is another thing that was so clear. And I was telling uh, a spirit guide by the name of Atun Rey channelled by Kevin Ryerson, a famous psychic uh, of Sheila McLean. I was telling him that uh, you know I'm in, in war. It's Rome and it's war. It's like now in the Middle East, and I'm the doctor, and the emperor is on a horse, Constantine the Great. But in this. There are circles and circles of Roman soldiers around us. And all of a sudden, uh, he's hit by an arrow in his leg. And uh, uh, immediately I jumped uh, to his rescue to remove the arrow, which I did. And I placed salt on both uh, parts of the, <clears throat> you know, aspects of the wound. Because at that time, he didn't have antibiotics. He, place salt, and the salt attracts uh, the the bacteria, and uh, and, and uh, all the water is sucked out of them, and they die that way, because the salt attracts the water, so <laughs> dehydrates the bacteria, which dies, so, but uh, he had such a, a stoic face, and uh, it burns like hell, and he put, Sold there, but he, he was stoic and I was admiring him. And, uh, and then uh, uh, he got an asthma attack. I reached into my uh, bag and I gave him something that read Crescentia Juete. And I, I'd never learned in this life as a doctor about, uh, you know, a plant like that. This is a plant extract. Crescentia juete from calabasas fruit, the oriental fruit. But its pulp is poisonous. Only when it takes small amounts of it, it's therapeutic. And it improved his breathing. <laughs> so that really made me understand, because I didn't believe that I was the doctor of Constantine the Great. I had my own doubts. I, no, that's not possible. You know, I was the doctor of uh, King Louis XIV, and uh, I was asking the psychic of Sheila McClain, uh, was I also with another uh, royalty? And he was "Yeah, who's Constantine the Great." And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I said, "Well, uh, and what, what happened?" So, so this is what happened. So, but the, the point is, you ask me what happened. You want to know. I don't. I don't have the uh, permission of somebody from the family that happens to be even now the reincarnation of Constantia to to say who, who that person is. But uh, but uh, you know, there are many things that we don't say. Uh, I uh, there was somebody that came to me with her husband, and it has to do with. Uh, uh, very great, uh, the greatest, probably, personality, uh, one of the greatest in uh, China. And uh, she came to me, and uh, uh, she is great herself. She has billions of dollars, anyway, uh, great in terms of wealth, uh, physical wealth. But she was also a nice lady, and um, that was before all these problems with China and all this. And um, I, she wanted to pass life regression. <laughs> she spoke fluent English. Um, anyway, so I'm running into many people like that. I ran into the King Louis XIV, that was a big businessman doing business with China and uh, uh, living in another country in Switzerland. And, um, and we discovered when the, was my patient because i had to visit him every day when you have a as a patient a a king you have to visit him every day
0: (laughs) ah yes you're right he's not going to wait several months for an appointment not if he's the king no
1: no plan (laughs)
0: yeah Dr. Adrian Finkelstein, it you know, you the conversation is always so fascinating when you are on. And I want to thank you for coming on today and talking about superstitions and reincarnation and even your views on the war and just sharing your thoughts with us.
1: Thank you for having me. And uh, I wish uh, Gary speedy recovery and... Uh uh we'll be in touch uh you know i i want to talk with gary too when he can uh, but uh, he when he's ready he may give me a call
0: yes he'll, he'll be with us next time i'm sure so yes. have a great weekend i want to wish everybody a good weekend Join us again tomorrow at the same time for Manson Mitchell and make sure you stay tuned for Trip Talk this afternoon at one o'clock. But in the meantime, we have Robin Alexis, another fine show to listen to. So keep your dial on AM 1150.